this episode of Full Stack Radio, David Hemphill and I talk about some of the advantages and trade-offs to using JSX instead of templates in Vue.js. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 90. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Full Stack Radio podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wathen, as always, and today it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show my good old buddy, David Hemphill. How's it going, dude? It's going good, man. So uh, the reason I wanted to have you on today is because I know you are working on a sort of like a new version of uh, Pushsover, your invoicing app, and you're building it kind of like a Vue SPA, I think, right? Yep. And you were telling me that you have decided to go full out using JSX instead of templates uh, for your view components. Yeah, that's correct. I seem to be like a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting to kind of chat about that decision because I think that's um, a lot of people who use Vue, first of all, don't even really know that you can use JSX with Vue. And even the people who do know that you can use JSX still, you know, generally use templates. I would say probably like 99.9% of Vue users are using uh, templates. So uh, the JSX stuff is kind of like a little secret hidden gem that hasn't really been explored by a lot of people. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about, first of all, kind of what JSX even is. And then, you know, some of the reasons why you might choose to use JSX and Vue and what some of the advantages are. So maybe uh, if you want to give it a go, why don't you give us your best shot at just sort of introducing JSX in general and talking a little bit about what it even is. Yeah, um, JSX uh, is something that came out of the React Facebook camp, and it was a basically it's a shorthand for writing create element calls inside of JavaScript frameworks that use a virtual DOM. Hmm. So it, what it looks like is sort of like HTML or like an XML-like syntax, and it's basically those that XML those XML-like tags translate into create element calls. Um, JSX also has lets you embed JavaScript expressions like inside JSX, so you can you know do your your maps, your ternary expressions, you know if else that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what I think is kind of interesting about JSX, or maybe what um, I think people who haven't used it might not fully understand, is that at the surface level, JSX kind of feels or looks like a template language, right? Kind of like you're used to with views, sort of like handlebar-ish stuff or what you might have seen in old Angular templates or anything like that. But really, JSX isn't designed to be like a template language. It's really designed to be like an abstraction on top of what was otherwise just sort of like unergonomic, awkward function calls. Right. So like what you're talking about with create element, like the way that you basically create, uh, you know, your markup and your DOM structure in React. And, you know, also this is how things ultimately work in Vue as well, is you're just writing JavaScript code that creates these data structures that represent DOM nodes basically, right? So I don't know off the top of my head what the exact um, function signature is for create element, but I think it's like create element is just a function which takes like a tag name as its first argument, I think. And then basically just like, there's either one or two other parameters, which is just like a, all the attributes. And uh, I think the second one is the attributes and the third one is children elements, something yeah. like that, right? Or it's just the tag name and, and the children, I think. I think it has like 
can support both formats. Yeah, depending if you actually need attributes or not, so you don't have to pass in that like null argument or undefined or whatever. Yeah. yeah so if you wanted to create like an unordered list structure using the raw sort of create element syntax, you would basically have a function where you return create element ul and then pass an object with any attributes as like the second argument, I think. We may be wrong on this, we'll have to double check, but the details of that aren't that important. But then the third argument would be like an array and each element in the array would be another call to create element that creates an li, so you'd pass li as a string, then any content or attributes as the other arguments, and you'd have however many calls to create element there. So you could see how like if you're trying to build like some complex DOM structure where, where maybe there's like a bunch of nested divs and like some span tags and some p tags and some h1s and stuff that like nesting all these function calls gets kind of really ugly, right? And again, like these functions just return like a JavaScript object that then gets like converted into real DOM kind of later in like the processing phase of, you know, where the results of this render function is actually processed and turned into regular DOM nodes. But basically, um, you know, the reason for JSX existing is because of like how awkward it would look and feel to have create element like 19 times all nested in awkward ways with brackets everywhere, trying to manage commas and all the regular JavaScript syntax that gets kind of gnarly. Uh, so JSX is like an XML looking abstraction on top of that, that lets you write what is really just these functions in a way that feels like just writing HTML. And then like the JSX compiler or transpiler just basically converts all that back into regular function calls. Right. So it's just enough abstraction versus the whole the the templates, viewed templates being like this huge abstraction on top of it with like all these new concepts that don't exist. Yeah. Elsewhere. Yeah. But you so know, the, so the, it doesn't really provide anything feature-wise, right? Like it literally is just like a a different syntax for uh, the same thing. So like like we were talking about with like a UL example, if you were going to create um, an unordered list with a dynamic number of list items based on some data, you might write that as like create element UL, and then the children would just be you calling like, uh, say you were trying to map like a list of authors into their, into LIs that displayed the author name or something, right? You would do like, the children would just be this.authors.map, and that would be mm -hmm. a map call where you returned more create element calls to create the LIs with the, the author names. So similarly, when you're writing JSX, you write it the, the same way so you would write like a ul as like a jsx element but the li's would still be the result of calling this to authors.map and those would just return jsx uh, from that function so i guess what i'm trying to get at is i think like the most interesting and important thing to understand about jsx is you're not trying to learn like a template language that has like its own features and ways of doing things you're really just like they, they always say like react is just javascript right which of course jsx <laughs> is not it's not just javascript visually but fundamentally under the hood at its core what you are doing is you're just writing javascript you have the full power of javascript available to you like being able to do a ray map on some data and return html for example you have sure. that same full power uh, that you have in javascript so yeah, it's kind of interesting yeah. because, yeah, it's not like you're writing templates that like get compiled into some weird thing. It's literally, I think it's really important to understand how to write these render functions using create element and stuff like that. And then the JSX is like a helper 
on top of that just to make it a little bit less awkward. But at the end of the day, in your head, you're really just writing JavaScript functions to do or function calls to do right. this sort of stuff and create your DOM nodes. I think once you're learning JSX and Vue is good just for the learning the create element API inside Vue, which gives you like this insight into how the whole thing works underneath the hood. You know, especially with a lot of Vue's audiences, people that are server side mostly, and they have to do like JavaScript stuff for work. Um, they might not like instantly be aware of like how the virtual DOM works. And so, you know, cause they're using templates. Uh, and so they might not know how the binding works or how V4 works in the background. I mean, they can kind of guess that it, it maps to like a map call in the background, but I think for me, at least using JSX has taught me a lot about how view works under the hood. Yeah. Cool. So maybe what would be important to kind of talk about next is like we've sort of been talking about this from a React perspective, um, but in Vue, uh, everyone's used to writing templates, but you can totally write render functions in Vue components too. So I think Vue kind of gets compared to like Angular 1 a lot by people who maybe don't know it really deeply, whereas it actually has a lot more in common with React, I would say, than basically any other framework. Like components are objects that have render functions and templates are really just a, like a, a, a bonus feature of Vue that's like a shortcut for writing your own render function. Um, so just like React has like a create element function, Vue also has its own create element function with the same uh, sort of signature. So I think if you, uh, you want to get started with the JSX stuff in Vue, the path that I would take is I would start by taking maybe a component that you already have that's written a, with a template. And instead of jumping straight to uh, JSX, I would try like writing a render function using create element uh, version of that same component and just writing it with like raw JavaScript because I think it'll help you understand sort of why certain things work the way they do in JSX if you write it in just like pure JavaScript first. I don't know. That, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I kind of came up with it because I had already used React, so I kind of knew how it worked, yeah. how JSX worked. So, but if you're coming from the server side, I definitely think just trying to write the raw function call for a small component would be kind of enlightening because the render function gets past actually create element. I don't know if we mentioned that. It gets past create element which their version of create element it's not like you know in react you can you can import their create element function and yeah, Vue, from you like, can't really yeah. import their yeah you can't really import their create element function because there's the way their context works in the background you have to view provides like specific context for how the com component tree works cool so maybe the next thing that would be interesting to talk about is why don't we talk a little bit about how you even get this set up in view so out of the box, you can't just start writing JSX and a render function in Vue, right? But from, from what I understand, there's like a first party or like more or less official like plugin or like Babel plugin that you can add to be able to use JSX and single file view components. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, it's actually under the Vue.js namespace on GitHub. It's uh, just the Babel plugin, transform Vue.js.x. It has a few dependencies, but yeah, you basically plop that in your Babel RC and it will allow you to use JSX. Yeah. Perfect. So there's not really a lot of setup steps there. You just kind of drop that in there and now 
all of a sudden you can just start using JSX in your single file view components or even in just uh, plain .js view component files too, I think, yeah? Right. I was using .js files for the longest time, but then I realized like a few weeks ago that you could actually use it inside your single file components and that was kind of mind-blowing. I didn't think that was uh, mentioned in the docs, but that was kind of cool too because I have a project that I'm, there's a, a project that I'm working on that uses mostly templates and I was like, man, if I could only in this one little specific spot use JSX, kind of sprinkle it in a bit, that'd be really cool. And then I was like, well, I'll just try it out. And then it wound up working in single file components. I was yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's sweet. Cool. So, yeah, um, maybe that's a good segue into talking a little bit about the motivation for even like wanting to use JSX and Vue. So, um, obviously, templates and Vue are really powerful and you can do, you know, basically everything that you would ever need to do for the most part uh, with templates, which is I think why most people haven't really had the need to like dip their toes in the JSX water. So I'm curious to know what your motivation was for wanting to use uh, JSX and Vue in the first place. Well, I mean, there's definitely some of that uh, React gets all the love these days, it seems like, though Vue seems to be like raising in more people's kind of mind share. But and so I, I really liked the way JSX felt when I was using it in my React projects. And I, but I sort of prefer Vue as conceptually. Overall, the framework feels better to me having the built-in ra- the router and Vuex and all these things that are kind of like all in with. Yeah, Vue. just like a little bit more opinionated in terms of just like some less decisions you have to make yourself about different things and knowing that you're using the same thing that basically everyone else in the community is using and there can be like some more conventions and common patterns and stuff like that. Right. So like with React, you have a router and then their state management situation is off the charts. There's like four <laughs> or five different solutions that you yeah. can use. And then there's this big uh, movement towards just using internal set state and the new context API is available now. And I'm sure that will breed more new solutions. Whereas yeah. with Vue... You can use Redux, but nobody does. Pretty much like probably like like JSX right now, but yeah, uh, mostly people just use Vuex. And so I kind of like just the whole framework of Vue better. But I I want this like ability to compose components in a way that's more React like because I feel like that's maybe a little more flexible and kind of fits my mind mindset yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so so what would you say some of the advantages you found are to uh, using JSX instead of templates and the stuff that you're working on? Um, the, bi- the biggest reason is actually maybe a trivial one, but for me, it actually is kind of a big one. It, I can use Prettier. So the Prettier uh, <laughs> JS is a, a formatter, like an opinionated formatter for JavaScript. And basically it's awesome. And with view templates, there's nothing that I've seen right now short of like sort of a, this janky code, uh, VS code, extension that will format the template part of your single file template. Got it. So nothing that you could just do on like the command line, like prettier as part of your, as a pre-commit hook even, or whatever you want to have it set up as. Right. I I basically want like an HTML tidy for my templates and there's nothing really there that does a good job. And I hate going into a component and seeing, you know, like a div with 10, attributes or 10 props or whatever all in a single line I have to scroll over basically prettier using jsx when it comes you know it when it bumps up against the line limit 
it puts all of those props on a single line and it just everything starts to to like organize itself basically yeah. using prettier um so just curious actually what is your um what is your workflow like for using prettier like i guess first of all what editor are you using most of the time these days i'm, I'm bouncing between vs code and sublime right now i'm mostly in sublime but i'll use vs code it depends on like which on the day which do i seem like i'm going to be in more server-side code i'm going to use sublime if i'm going to be in more front-end code i'll use vs code and do you have it set up as like a keyboard shortcut or something in your editor to actually run prettier or are you doing that from the command line like when you run your tests sort of thing i have it set up with the editor integrations and when i hit save it actually formats it with prettier that's right cool. when i save and in VS Code, I have it set up where even when I paste like some code in, it'll format automatically on paste. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I dig that. I use Prettier on like the Tailwind uh, CSS code base, but I don't have any editor integrations set up. So a lot of the time I'll push up some changes and get like a failing build, which is really just because I didn't, uh, you know, I ran the, maybe I was running the tests locally, but not the full uh you know tests including this the style linting and stuff like that and uh it'd be cool to be able to have that set up more automatically although there are times when prettier does things that bug me but i think i just have to learn to accept that it's better to have everything done automatically than to have my own little opinions in there mostly when it it comes to like um like line length restrictions. Sometimes I have like error messages that I'm trying to be like really descriptive with them. And because the string is really long, it like wants to break the string up into multiple lines, but like escaped new line characters and stuff like that. Or, um, yeah. Or like I have a function call that has a long string in it and it tries to like the only parameter is the string. So it'll do like the function with the opening bracket, then the string on a new line, then the closing, bracket underneath that and it's like uh so i'll just drop in those like prettier ignore comments a lot of time for that sort of thing but, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it does that a couple times like when i'm building up a url in like a template string yeah that's a good example uh, it'll several of them will be on the same line but then it'll bump up against the line limit and then it does this weird thing where it kind of puts the like the the dollar sign opening bracket on the same line but then it'll jump the the variable to its own line and then put the the closing uh, curly bracket on a new line. Yeah, it's kind of like what you said. And that's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. all of these others, <laughs> others are together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So, so prettier integration. That's one good reason to uh, to try out JSX if you want to have like automatic style formatting for for your view stuff. Yeah, uh, I can't wh- overstate how how handy that is <laughs> for me. I almost use it as like a linter too, because if prettier doesn't format the file, that means I probably there's have some an error syntax in there. error or something. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Cool. So what other sort of things are you finding uh, it's useful for? Um, with JSX, you don't have to define a components property on your component. Um, I find I'm showing my React friends um, something I'm working on in Vue. They're like, what's this components yeah. property where you've already imported it? Why isn't it in the component? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess maybe we should explain that quickly for anyone who's not familiar because I think a lot of people who listen to the show are, are Laravel developers and something that's like pretty common in Laravel apps that don't use a ton of view stuff is you just register all your view components globally in like your app.js file. Um, yep. But like the more idiomatic way to register your components in view is to sort of register them per component. So if you have like... 
uh, a list component and there's like a list item component that it uses rather than just being able to access it globally typically like what the view style guide and stuff recommends is in your list components script tag you would do like import list item from you know dot slash list item dot view and then in the actual object that you export there like your component object you have a components key and that's where you basically register any of the components that you're planning to use in that uh, template. So with JSX, like you're saying, because of the fact that you're not actually using templates and JSX just compiles down to actual JavaScript right there in your render function anyways, as long as you've imported the component, when you reference that component in your render function, it's literally just like referencing that thing that you imported. It's, so it doesn't yeah, need to be registered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, that's just one of those annoying, like, boilerplate things. Like, I think um, it's almost like I find myself wanting to have. So, you know, with the PHP plugin for Sublime, what's it called? That Sublime PHP Companion plugin. Yep. They have that uh, that insert like constructor property thing. Mm-hmm. This kind of feels like the same sort of boilerplate to me where in PHP, if I want to add like an argument to my constructor, that means like adding the argument to the constructor, adding an assignment call inside the constructor and declaring the private property just because I want to add one thing. It's like three things I got to change and registering the component always feels like the same sort of thing. So if you're using templates, I almost feel like I want to have like a, a keyboard shortcut that like understands that what I'm trying to do is like add a new component or or register a new component in this view file and it gives me like three cursors where i can like type in the import statement like the directory that it's in and register it like all at the same time you know Mm -hmm. um so that's probably something that someone could do but yeah it's it's nice that in react like you just don't have to or sorry in jsx you just don't have to do that at all because it's just regular javascript code essentially and it's in scope so it's there and you can just use it yeah i've even i know that this is an issue with using templates and I still bump into it. Like every time I'm importing a component, I'm like, why is it not working when I'm oh, using yeah. view templates? I'm like, why is this not working? Oh, cause I didn't, it's not in the components key. This is so dumb. I hate this. So you'll wind up having like <laughs> on a large component, you'll have like five imports from different areas and then you have to like list them all out. And then you're thinking like, yeah, it I can be sort like them by a, alphabetical or by when they're used. You know, yeah, like there's yeah. all these decisions and things you bump sure. into. Yeah, it's just like more tedium, like just crap that you have to type that doesn't feel like it's helping you solve the problem that you're trying to type, you know, just boilerplate. Yeah, cool. I think one thing that really excites me about using uh, JSX and Vue is the fact that um, you can have multiple components in the same file, right? So you could just have multiple exports from that file that each export different components because you're just it's just a .js file like like we were saying you can do jsx in a single file component but if you're doing uh, jsx then you don't really need that template section of the component so unless you need like the scoped style block or whatever you can totally just make it a .js file and then just export multiple things from that module just like you would you know a module full of functions or whatever it's, it's all just normal stuff at that point so People probably have strong opinions about this, uh, but I think I like the idea of if I have a component that's only meant to be like a child component of this particular component and never gets used anywhere else and it's really simple, the idea of kind of keeping all that stuff together because maybe I'm editing it at the same time in a single file, that sounds like at least a nice option to have instead of being forced to make new files for every single component like you are with 
uh, view uh, typically. It also lets you do like what is essentially private components, right? Like you can have a, a component file that exports a single component, but inside of it, it references a child component that's declared in the same file, but that child component isn't actually exported. So it doesn't like add to the sort of publicly visible API of your application. Have you right. played around with that much? Like, are you finding benefits there? Yeah, I, I do this in the invoice view on the new push silver where we'll have like an address block and it needs to have some intelligent, you know, conditionals based on whether, you know, the second line is available or, you know, they've defined a zip code. There's got to be some logic and it doesn't seem like it, it deserves its own component. And so I have a, a private component there. Um, I, I actually use just like a random function call too sometimes that a function that returns JSX because I find the the functional components in view kind of kind of suck a little bit because you have to define like an actual object and have to have this functional key set to true so that it doesn't run the the lifecycle methods and I feel like that's kind of yeah sucks. It's <laughs> a little bit more ceremony compared to just having literally a function that returns JSX I guess yes yeah cool any other uh kind of benefits that you found using uh, JSX in Vue? Well, we talked about, you know, you get the full power of using the render function so you can do like one of the components I created the other day was this, and this is actually in the Vue docs under JSX and uh, render functions is kind of a heading component that's dynamically, it, it takes a prop and that defines like whether it's an H1, an H2, H3. Yeah. Um, and it does that in a sort of a smart way. But this one also will take different styles, the different styles that I'm using from Tailwind as a like a class string. I have a map set up in the component that an H1 has these styles, an H2 has these styles, and it it kind of all magically pulls based on the prop type. It'll yeah. create this component that has the right styling and everything. And it's all in one component versus like an H1 component is separate, an H2 component separate, H3 separate, and kind of build up one component and put it in the global space. That's yeah. where I think a, a global component's actually pretty handy. Something like headings and yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that that example uh, of basically dynamically choosing a different tag or a different component or whatever based on something that has to be computed is is the the best example of when. It's, it's the easiest way to sort of like convince someone that there is like a, a time where writing a render function, whether that's with great element or whether that's with JSX, lets you have a simpler solution than with a template. Because um, in, a, in a template, you can't like make the tag dynamic based on some sort of lookup. You have to do basically like V if um, heading equals H1, you do an H1. V if heading equals h2 do an h2 it's just like you have like kind of a, a static list of of options you can't make it like totally dynamic whereas in if you think about like a render function of course like it's easy to see how you could do this basically you would return create element and then the first argument to create element would be some function call or maybe just accessing the prop directly that tells you like what the tag is supposed to be because it's just regular JavaScript, right? Of course, like a right. parameter that you pass to a function can be computed from something else before you pass it in. And when you understand that that's how you would write it with create element in a render function, well, you can do the same thing 
and JSX, no problem too, right? I think like, is the syntax just like you'd have like an open angle bracket and then like in curly brackets, that's where you would just say like what the tag name would be or how you would compute the tag name? You're saying, oh, like a dynamic tag name? Yeah. Or, or would you just like dynamically return? Yeah, I guess like you'd have to do something like that, yeah. You could assign it to a variable and then the opening JSX bracket would kind of define that you're pulling that from, from whatever's in scope there. Yeah, makes sense. Just wanted to take a quick break to thank one of this week's sponsors, and that is Cloudinary. So if I had to describe Cloudinary myself, it's basically just the best way to store and serve images that I've ever seen. In the past, I used to use generic storage services like Amazon S3 to store and serve images, uh, but after switching to Cloudinary, I genuinely cannot believe I ever did this stuff any other way. Uh, so here's one example of how Cloudinary has made my life easier. Uh, so you probably know that typically images are the heaviest resource your users have to download when they visit your site, right? Usually way more than your JavaScript or CSS. So in the past, I would spend a lot of time tweaking settings and tools like Image Alpha and Image Optim to try and optimize my image files so they weren't as large. Uh, with Cloudinary, I can just upload the full resolution file without even really thinking about it. And then by just adding a parameter to the image URL that I get back, uh, when I go to serve it on my site, Cloudinary will automatically optimize that image as best as it can, usually resulting in file sizes that are actually lower than what I was seeing when trying to optimize the images by hand. Uh, this is even more useful for like user uploaded images because instead of trying to do some fancy automatic image optimization in a background job on my own server or something, I can just send those images directly to Cloudinary from the browser, I request the optimized version back by adding that URL parameter and bam, I've got an optimized image at a really small file size. Uh, so there's an enormous amount of other cool stuff that you can do through the URL based API. That's really just scratching the surface, but you can do stuff like request images at different sizes so you can serve smaller images on mobile devices so you're not wasting bandwidth. Uh, you can crop images to different dimensions. You can crop images using face detection, so just crop to the faces in an image. Uh, you can automatically add watermarks or text overlays or tons of different effects and stuff like that. It's a seriously impressive service. So Cloudinary has an amazing free plan where you can store 300,000 images and videos. Yeah, did I mention you can do all this crazy stuff, not just with images, but also with videos too. Uh, you get 10 gigabytes of storage and 20 gigabytes of monthly bandwidth on this free plan. Uh, so if you're not already using them, definitely head over to cloudinary.com and check it out. It really is one of my absolute favorite services that I use on my own projects. Thanks a ton to Cloudinary for sponsoring this episode. Back to the show. Cool. So um, maybe something that would be worth talking about too. Uh, we've talked a little bit about like some of the interesting advantages and stuff to using JSX or, you know, at least some of the, the, the differences that might make you want to try JSX if some of those differences sound like they align with, you know, the way that you want to do your stuff. But I think it'd be cool to talk a little bit about um, sort of how some of the features of Vue templates like translate into JSX because, of course, Vue offers a lot of like Vue-specific functionality and templates uh, that you have to figure out how to replicate if you're writing raw render functions or writing JSX. So maybe it'd be cool to talk about some of those differences. So, I mean, the first one we talked about is like a V4, right? So um, we already gave this example really, but if you're creating like a UL uh, with a bunch of LIs inside of it, then in a Vue template, you would just normally stick a V4 like directive on a uh, li tag and it would just loop over all that stuff for you 
But if you're writing JSX, well, you can't use V4. I mean, maybe someone writes a, a transpiler to let you use that sort of thing, but it's sort of pointless because at the end of the day, like we've kind of been saying, it's just JavaScript. So if you want to take some data source and turn that into list item tags, well, you would just do that the same way that you would convert a list of you know, type A into a list of type B in any regular JavaScript, which is just like a map operation, right? Um, so that's like the first example, but of course there's like a bunch of other stuff that Vue does uh, that we'd have be interesting to talk about too. So uh, maybe the next one, another simple one would be like a VIF or like a, you know, VIF and VL sort of thing. So what right. is the typical approach to kind of translating those sorts of things into JSX? Yeah, so like, with an if, you can use, you just embed an expression. So you, you would do like a, a, a curly bracket. You would say, um, you could do the inline if, which is like, if you wanted to show a component based on some, some variable or some condition, you could say like curly bracket, this invoices and and component, which would be like the, the JSX tag. And okay. it would show conditionally based on this invoices using, I can't remember what it's called in JavaScript, but basically if both of those conditions are true. Yeah. It's know. like the short circuiting. Um, right. There it Boolean is. Yeah. Expression. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically just using that to see like, okay, well, as long as this uh, invoices doesn't resolve to, I'm not sure about the rules in JavaScript for what comes out as like falsy. I'm guessing like an empty array is probably falsy, like null, false, undefined. <laughs> I always have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are definitely weird rules for that. You can also use a, a, a ternary if you needed to show like a loading component. So, like, if you wanted to write this dot loading, yeah, you use a ternary to say if we're loading, show this loader component in yep. JSX or show you know the actual component if it's ready. Yeah, I mean the other thing I think is I mean maybe the first thing I want to say is like. When you think about it, V if at the end of the day is just controlling like whether or not it's not even whether or not this is, should be visible, right? Like in Vue and React and stuff like that, uh, or in Angular too back in the day, like NGF and NG show or whatever, V if is literally controlling like whether or not you want that DOM node to even exist. So when right. you when you realize that, it's kind of like, okay, so if I want to translate V if to like regular JavaScript, well, I just don't want that DOM node to be there if that condition is false. So there's all sorts of ways just using regular JavaScript code to just like not do something, right? So say mm -hmm. you had like, say you had like a UL with some LIs in it. And if it was empty, you wanted to show like a different div instead. Well, in your render function, you could literally just say like, if this.items.length is greater than zero, return some template. Uh, after that, you could say else return a div that says, you know, oh, the list is empty or something like that. And if you wanted to even do that at like a finer grained level, um, you could even make like functions to generate parts of your template, right? So just say like this list wasn't its own component. Maybe it was part of like another component and it didn't make sense to break it out for whatever reason. You could still have like a function in scope in your component that's like, uh, build list template or something, then you call that function and that's where the if statements and stuff exist to either render the list or render the empty state. But that function call is just embedded in the JSX that returns like the full parent structure too. So right. I think I think it's really interesting to like start, when you start realizing what people mean when they say like React and JSX is just JavaScript, like 
it, it, it opens this like whole kind of tool bag that you already have from writing just like regular code. It's like anything that you could do with regular code, you can now use all those same ideas as simple and whatever as they are to write this function that's returning HTML data structures. You know what I mean? Like you sort of have to like forget that you're even writing a template and just think about the fact that all I'm trying to do is create some data structure and I can create that however I want. Right. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, so maybe one of the more interesting ones uh, that is not as obvious is like V model, like uh, with templates and view, people are really used to using V model as like a kind of a shortcut for being able to say that this input field, for example, should show the value of this piece of data that I have. And if someone updates the input, well, then the data that I'm storing in the component should update as well. So how do you do like a V model sort of thing with JSX? Well, let's say using like a text field, uh, the V model is just an abstraction over setting the value, like you said, based on an event that's coming in. So you, you would, instead of having like at input equals this handler, you could say on input equals curly brackets this dot handler and it would call that function and that and in that function you would either you know depending on what the event type is you e dot prevent default and then set the state accordingly so like this dot value equals e dot target dot value yeah yeah it makes sense yeah i think like the important thing to understand there that maybe not everyone knows is like v model is really just a shortcut for for two other things right it's like uh you can simulate v model and view by just having uh, an at input event listener for a tip for regular inputs anyways i think for like radio buttons and stuff maybe it's listening for a different event but at input and then like a value binding um so when you know that really like you can destructure it into those two parts well then yeah with jsx you just add a regular binding and a regular event listener but that gets it into something that like is probably worth talking about too that we haven't talked about which is um just like converting event listeners, I guess, like that's simpler than the V model thing, but something that's worth understanding. So uh, props and prop bindings and event listener bindings in JSX, like how does that work? How would I say like at input um, in JSX? So view translate, uh, the way this works with the Babel plugin is that something like on click gets translated into uh, the view components data property, which is on which is an object that has children like click. So it'd be like yeah. on nested property click, which is the, the event handler, which is what works, how it works under the hood, uh, whether you're using at input or, or on input. Yeah. So is the plugin, is it like complex what it's doing or is it really just basically doing a check to see like if the prop starts with on then a capital letter, is that just like automatically assuming that you're trying to do like an event listener? It's basically just like doing a regex sort of check for that convention and yep. yeah, got it. So then would custom events work the same way? Like if I have a component that fires a custom event, I could just do on custom event name in the parent and that'll still get translated to a, a regular event listener. I, I believe so. Cause they have the, they have native on click also as something like if you wanted to do something on click or yeah. something native, some native handler, Yeah, you could, you could say native on click, and so I think event listeners that way you could say on, you know, invoice changed or, you know, invoice deleted. And then you could handle it that way if you wanted to use event system. But I, I would use a callback prop probably. Yeah. Cause that seems like a, a simpler. 
So if you wanted to use a callback prop, so like you wanted to just pass a function in as a prop, the compiler, is it like smart enough to know that, like how does it know not to convert that to an event listener uh, just because the child has like a, a handler prop like defined inside of it? You know what I mean? Like say I actually wanted to have a prop called like on purchase and I didn't want that to get translated to like at purchase. It's, it just kind of magically works somehow. Yeah, I think it would work because there's like a whitelist of events that view handles anyways. And so it doesn't handle a... But for know, a custom, like for an at purchase event, you, you'd still... like. I think it would like split that string up and say, oh, we don't have an event that we natively listen to and, and, trans, and transpile into a native event listener for view. Got it. it doesn't have a purchase event, Got so it. we just so leave it that way. I guess, like, it as a I guess the question that I'm actually thinking then in my head is, does using JSX in view basically eliminate view's normal custom event system? Like, does it, it, it basically sounds like it's forcing kind of like the react conventions on you instead. Like if you had an on purchase, like in view, you can have like at purchase and it listen for a custom purchase event and that'll work. But with JSX, if I have like an on purchase prop, is it expected that I define that as on purchase prop in the child and then like invoke that function in the child versus firing the custom purchase event from the child? I think it turns it into a, the event handling that it, you would normally expect. I I don't use events a lot, so this is a, a spot that where I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Uh, but Normally, like you would say, like handle click would be Got you know it. like a function that you pass in. Got it. So and if if, if you, you wanted, wanted to, if you wanted to, to use it. like a callback prop, the idea would be use a different naming convention. Like don't use the on prefix. Use like a handle prefix or something, and then the compiler's not going to convert that into an event, and you can just do it like a regular prop, like normal. Right. That's what I would do, anyways. Because it's kind of clearer that way too that you're using a callback prop instead of yeah, dig it. Wanting to define event listener. Cool. So then what about like regular props? Like in view, people are used to doing like either vbind colon then the name or just like the colon prop name shortcut. Uh, what What's different about that uh, in JSX? Like do you still have to differentiate between like regular HTML attributes and custom props or does that stuff like sort of happen magically? Like what does it kind of look like? Do you still do anything with a colon even? You know what I mean? Right. There's no, there's no colon. So like if I had a component that took a list of invoices, I would just write invoices equals curly brackets, this dot invoices. Yeah. So now we get passed in as a prop. It sounds like, um, that might be a, a pro in general for some people who get mixed up with, like, I think a common thing that people get mixed up with in view that you, it takes a little bit of time to wrap your head around is the fact that you only want to add a colon if the contents of the quotes, you know, for the prop, if you want that to be evaluated as JavaScript, right? So a lot of the time people think like, okay, it's a prop, so it should have a colon, but that's not necessarily true if you're passing in a static string. If you're passing in a static string, then you want no colon, um, and it's still a prop technically, right? Whereas in JSX, it sounds like that whole colon sort of decision thing that you have to figure out is just removed from you and that actually gets moved basically to the other side of the equals sign like instead of figuring out okay colon or no colon whether i want it to be as evaluated as just javascript you do that on the right hand side where it's like 
curly brackets if I want it to be evaluated as JavaScript or quotes if I don't, which I mean, really, it's always going to be evaluated as JavaScript. It just happens to be that if you put quotes, well, then that's a string. A string. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So in that, in that sense, it's like a little bit simpler, maybe like a little bit uh, might trip you up a little bit less if you haven't sort of really internalized like what's going on there. Yeah, the only thing you really have to remember then is, you know, if are you using a native attribute of HTML that needs to like ID, yeah. you know, you wouldn't expect that to come in as a prop then. Totally. That would be the only thing you'd have to remember. Another thing that would be interesting to talk about maybe that's like related to that is in view templates, I don't even know the rules about this myself, but I always use um, dash case for props and all my templates because I know that that's like the safest option. I think if I'm not mistaken for single file components that are like only using components and not using other stuff, you can use camel case in some places, but it's not, I don't have those rules like totally internalized or know all of them. So uh, with the JSX stuff, what's the casing look like for, for props and stuff like that? It's uh, just camel casing like so on click would be lowercase o and capital c yeah um uh deleted invoices would be lowercase d and then capital i so you just get to use camel case across the board instead of right with templates where like when you define a prop you define the prop in the component in camel case but when you actually pass something into that prop from a parent you're usually using dash case and view is yeah. just like kind of magically converting that. So that's like another little another nice, uh, simplicity. nice consistency. Yeah. makes it easier to sort of like search your code base for instances of that string and stuff like that. Right. That's cool. There's been tons of times that I've done, you know, it's those, those little men things that like add up over the, the course of a project that like steal your time, like the components key, not having your component defined or, you know, your props being kebab case in the template, but, you know, yeah. It, or you have like some weird like um, trying to think of like like in your brain you you want it to have like it's like a three word prop name, but you need to have like two uh, two dashes in it. Yep. And it's like you have to think about all these little rules versus just yeah. like oh, it's all camel case across yeah. the board. And I dig it, it. And it's simple. Cool. So what about um, another feature that you can do in view templates is you can do like. Uh, click dot prevent or like click dot stop, which is like shortcuts for kind of your normal like e dot prevent default or e dot stop propagation stuff like that. Um, do you still get to have those sorts of like nice uh, shorthands in JSX, or do you got to go full out and use like the the normal e dot whatever like you would with like a vanilla JavaScript event handlers and stuff? Uh, it doesn't handle that natively there is another Babel transform that gives you all of those modifiers uh but it's it doesn't handle that in just the Babel plugin transform view jsx so if Got you it. call like handle click you know on click equals handle click you'd have to do the the stop propagation or prevent default yourself cool so yeah uh, that's kind of cool though, because at least uh, it sounds like you kind of have a choice there. So some people probably prefer to maybe stay a little bit closer to the metal and have like a little bit less magic. Like that's kind of like, in some sense, that's the appeal of mm-hmm. JSX in a lot of ways, right? It's like, I just like have to mi- use my JavaScript brain, not like another yeah. thing that I have to learn. So not my some- separate template brain. Yeah. So some people might just say, you know what? I would rather call e.prevent default and just know that I'm just doing the normal stuff. 
But then someone else who maybe uh, is used to view templates and kind of likes that feature, they could drop in that uh, that other transform and kind of have a nice middle ground there if they wanted to. Yep. So I think the only built-in directive is vshow, which just does the, the display. So what does that display. look like um, in JSX? Are you still doing like v-show or do you do like vshow camel case or... Yeah, it's just V dash show. It's one the one of the weird kind of gotchas with it. I think they put it in there just because there's no like easy way to do like a a visibility hiding mechanism inside JSX, and so they left that one. Well, in. I guess what you would do is like an inline style with like a ternary that mapped to like display equals none. Otherwise, I guess it's tricky because you basically want to you want to conditionally have that style because you don't know necessarily what the default display would be. But yeah, because all VShow does is map to an inline style of display none. So just toggling that on and off. I can see why yep. it's valuable to have that because that's a bit bit unnecessarily verbose to have to do stuff yeah. that way. So actually a question with, um, with native HTML attributes that are multiple words, which I don't think... Uh, I can't, I'm trying to think what ones would exist. The only ones I can think of off the top of my head are like data attributes, but maybe there's other native ones that are multiple words. Um, do you, would you do still like data dash or do you do those as camel case or does it not matter? Well, those would just be normal attributes. So there would be data dash. Got it. Just like ID. I think, I don't know if there's any native ones that are multiple words. I think that's kind of the point yeah. of it. Yeah, I, th- I don't think there is either, but I don't know. Could be wrong. Cool. So another question maybe is um, like a whole topic that may be interesting to get into a little bit is like slots with JSX. So um, my kind of gut feeling here is that if you're using JSX, you probably don't even use slots in Vue because slots are kind of a feature of Vue's template system that are kind of there to make up for the fact that you can't pass easily pass like HTML as a prop. But if you're writing a regular render function or you're writing something in JSX, well, then you can totally just pass more JSX as a plain old prop. Like you don't really need this like fancy concept of slots. So I'd be curious to hear your perspective on like how do slots fit into the mix when using JSX, uh, at least maybe for the projects that you're working on. Um, I'll, I'll use slots still because, but I'll use them in their programmatic API. So if I have a component that, needs to have a slot I'll have that component like a child component that you wraps you know whatever you're passing through I'll have the component and then I'll I'll have like the inline JSX expression like this dot dollar sign slots dot default like if I just want to pass in whatever's passed between the, the JSX tags okay so then with like scoped slots do you still do like the slot dash scope property in the parent sort of thing you can still use them, but I, I don't because it, I find it simpler to use like the render prop pattern. Yeah. So that's what I thought would be interesting to talk about a little bit is like, um, yeah, like scoped slots in view. I don't, I don't want to call them like a workaround, but it's like a, a concept that's sort of like invented in view because of the fact that we're using templates, which of course there's nothing wrong with templates. There's a lot of good reasons to use templates, but you can't do like a render prop sort of thing with like regular templates. So Vue has to come up with a way to support that feature uh, right. or to support that pattern. And scoped slots are how you do it. And it's a great solution to that pattern or to 
a great solution to that problem that allows you to use that pattern. But if you're using JSX anyways, you kind of don't need that extra kind of concept at all, right? You can just use like, you can pass a function as a prop that returns JSX, pass arguments to it in the child when you invoke it. And you, it's just back to boring JavaScript basically, right? Not that right. passing anonymous functions around and doing fancy stuff is necessarily boring, but it's like standard concepts. Like, right. Yeah, because a render prop is really no different than just an array map or something, right? It's the same sort of conceptual thing. You're just passing a function that gets invoked in the child that returns something. Uh, yeah, but, that's the yeah. that's the thing with JavaScript with the uh, React communities and JSX. It's always it's just JavaScript, it's just functions, yeah. it's just component. Like, Which yeah, I, like, I mean, I could see how people like would roll their eyes at that. You know what I mean? Like who who look at the syntax and be like, this isn't just JavaScript. But when you f- understand what people really mean. Um, yeah. you know, it's true. It is, uh, it's, it's just JavaScript in the sense that I think like the just qualifier is the part that gets people to like roll their eyes. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's obviously complex what you're looking at. It's not just anything, you know, that makes it sound sure. like super simple or whatever. But the point really is that like everything you already know about writing code, like applies here, just like right. it does in regular JavaScript, the same concepts and everything. You're just writing the same sort of code that you were before. Like you don't have to like rethink how things are done or learn anything new. You just have to sort of more than learning new stuff. It's about realizing that the stuff you already know can be applied in this context as well. It's it's not just JavaScript. Just like TypeScript is not just JavaScript. <laughs> there's like most of like 80, 90% of it is shared, but there's just a little bit of extra stuff that you have to learn. Just wanted to take a quick break to thank one of this week's sponsors, and that is Rollbar. So here's what Paul, the founder of CircleCI, had to say about one of their favorite features of Rollbar and how it helps them keep things running at CircleCI. Before we used Rollbar, we used a different error tracking service, and we were shopping for a new one. And so we did the, the tour and looked at, at Rollbar and all of its competitors, and it was it was really the feature set of Rollbar that was super impressive and that made us go there. In particular, the people tracking, I think, is, is really... Uh, it's not just a great feature, but it also kind of speaks our language because we're very focused on making sure that customers are happy. And we want to make sure that we have like an individual understanding of what happens to each customer. So the fact that we're able to click on this customer is experiencing a lot of bugs and to be able to follow the, the progression of bugs that they've been experiencing is very important. If we get an email from a customer and the customer says, you know, your your website keeps glitching on me and being able to to go to Rollbar and to say, okay, you know, this individual customer, this is how they're experiencing the site. Because otherwise you, you have to give like an overall state of things and overall things are looking good because if they weren't, we'd be dealing with it. So I've been using Rollbar a lot lately on my SaaS app, Nitpick CI and loving it. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can head over to rollbar.com slash radio and you can use their bootstrap plan for free for 90 days. So check that out. And uh, thanks again to Rollbar for sponsoring Full Stack Radio. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about related to, to JSX uh, in view that you think uh, is worth chatting about or worth knowing? Um, I think there's a list of gotchas kind of i guess yeah kind sure of... let's let's go through it what are some of the problems that you run into the things that i consistently bump up against are like when i'm defining you know in a view template if you're defining like an event handler for like click you have at click or vbind click equals and then you have the name of the function 
Yeah. In JSX, you have since it's just JavaScript, <laughs> you have to use this, and so I, a lot of times I'll forget to the, the, define this um, when I'm referencing, you know, when I'm defining those event handlers or I'm referencing a prop on my component. Got it. Um, Do you run into anything weird there with um, like the meaning of this in those situations? Like, do you ever have to find yourself aliasing this like we used to do in the old days? Like, I'm sure I've seen React code where people are doing like const, uh, you know, VM equals this, stuff like that, because they don't want to like be in the wrong scope when they're defining a function or things like that. I I don't really have that problem now that you can do the like the fat, the arrow fat arrows functions yeah. yeah um but yeah that's something i always it depends on like if i'm working heavily in view templates for a while like i forget to put this in but if i'm working in jsx for a while i'm like forgetting to put this in so like bouncing yeah. between the two can be a little bit hairy but it, it makes it nice using jsx makes it nice to bounce between view and jsx and react yeah um, i think so that's kind of cool i think thing. that kind of leads to like another another uh difference really in using jsx that we didn't talk about which um can be an advantage is that uh because of your jsx just being written in like regular javascript scope you actually have access to a lot of stuff that you normally don't have access to in a view template right so say in a view template you wanted to like use a lodash helper or something um, you can't access Lodash in a view template unless you make it available as like a mix-in on the component or you assign Lodash itself to a data property or some stupid thing like that. Like what, what view right. templates are going to push you to do is write a computed property or something like that, which mm-hmm. is probably the right answer a lot of the time. But I have found situations where it's like, damn it, I just want to use moment to format this date directly in the template instead of writing, naming computed some computed property. property. Yeah. Whereas in JSX, because like moment is actually in scope, you can actually do like moment dot format or whatever and uh, do that right in line there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's sort of like lets you use all of the JavaScript that you would want to use normally, but are kind of limited because you're using the view templates. It's, I think of like the templates in view as like this kind of firewall where nothing can yeah. get into them, yep. except for what is like ex, you know explicitly permitted to do so. Uh-huh. And JSX kind of gets you closer to the metal, but still gives you enough you know like template abstraction that it. it makes it workable instead of writing just create element you know there's some people that actually find the writing like create element functions just by themselves to be the more ergonomic thing for them i think those people are crazy probably <laughs> like there's a whole hyperscript movement that you know yeah. i don't know if you've looked into hyperscript but it's basically just h you know and then they're like defining the tag with and then it's just this nested craziness of i think the nested craziness is the part that that makes it hard with all the matching up all the brackets and yeah and we spend most of our time looking in the the inspector we see like html dom dom nodes and then we're writing html and that's like the default mode of the web that seems to make more sense so this is just enough abstraction to help that yeah for sure any other some of the other yeah what other gotchas and stuff have you hit well like the shortcuts for binding props those don't work obviously so like uh, when you're V binding with the colon, we already talked about that. That doesn't work. Or you know, attaching event listeners with at. Sometimes I'll I'll still wind up doing that, but it doesn't work because yeah. So it's just kind of like you got to learn a different way of doing those things, right? And 
Vue's virtual DOM implementation is not the same as React's, which I, wasn't apparent to me right away. I kind of thought like, oh, it's they they have the same basic, you know, yeah, function. Yeah, like you, you kind of think like JSX is the same in React as it is in Vue, but there's actually like some subtle differences between how React's right. version compiles and how Vue's compiles. Yeah, because they're using separate VDOM implementations. And so like in React, you have to use class name if you're wanting to define a class on a on an element. But in Vue, you can just use class itself to so what's, do that. what's the reason for that in React? Like, is it because class is a reserved word in JavaScript? And if so, like, how is that not a problem in Vue? Do you know? I'm, I think it's, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's definitely something to do with their VDOM implementations. Uh, yeah. I think they use class internally in React in a way that's different than, than uh, Vue. Okay, yeah. Like maybe that's like the name of the component class, or it's some private property. There's some collision, or I don't know. I have to research it up. If I find if I find a good answer, which I'm sure there's a good obvious Stack Overflow or article on the internet, I'll, I'll definitely include in the show notes for anyone else who's interested in and in why that is. Yep, we talked about in the in render props, like using the render prop pattern, where you're just passing a function that gets um, gets like fed these gets called with these certain arguments. Um, you might want to, like, say you have a drop down where you want to provide like the toggle state um, and a, a handler for opening the drop down yep. to your your render prop. Uh, if you if you were going to try to pass it like on click directly, that and you were going to like spread those properties into that component, like that subcomponent, um, so that you would have like your tr- your drop down trigger would have the on click handler and the is open. Okay. All at once. Yeah. On click will not work that way because you can't spread like on click into there. You have to actually use like the the on property with the click equals, you know, handle click. Yeah. So that's like one of those things where you need to, it, you need to know what the actual data structure is that like views create element is sort of expecting uh, because that's how you would know. Like, like what you're saying basically is like regular props in view can be like top level things in this like data object thing that you pass to create element, but like event mm-hmm. listeners are nested under this additional on key and then native event class- listeners are nested under a different key, which is like native on. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't know that, then you might expect certain things to work with like spreading out object keys and stuff that aren't going to work. Right. And so yeah. that's that's another big gotcha. That one took a while to figure out for me. Yeah, yeah, I could see that one being a little bit tricky. Any other things uh, that you run into that would be good for uh, for people following in your footsteps to learn from? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think that's all that I've ran into right now. Cool, man. Um, yeah, so. Maybe that's a good place to start wrapping up then. Uh, do you have any uh, resources or anything that you can like recommend or places for people to check out if they want to learn more about this and try it themselves? Well, there's a, a good article on this. I don't remember the site, but it's like Alligator. Oh, yeah, yeah, Alligator.io. Yeah, I've seen yeah. They've got a lot of Vue articles there. Yeah, they've got a lot of good stuff on Vue and some good stuff on JSX. Then obviously you can look up at view uh, on github vue.js slash babel dash plugin transform view jsx that has actually a pretty good 
overview of all of the gotchas and cool. kind of like the, the reasoning behind that. Cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show again. It's uh, always a pleasure chatting with you about this stuff. Uh, if anybody is interested in keeping up with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Twitter, at David Hemphill. Beauty. Uh, if anybody is interested in show notes for this episode, they will be available at fullstackradio.com slash 90. Uh, thanks to Rollbar and Cloudinary for sponsoring the podcast this week. And if you want to head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, that's currently the only amount of stars we're accepting. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And if you have any feedback uh, on the show, message me on Twitter, shoot me an email. Always love to, to hear what people are thinking. Uh, thanks for checking out Full Stack Radio, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>